didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney. And this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, taking a look at every single episode of Stranger Things. We've now made it to season four, and we are on chapter seven, The Massacre at Hawkins Lab. And Colin is here with your summary. The seventh chapter of Stranger Things 4, titled The Massacre at Hawkins Lab, debuted on Netflix on May 27, 2022. It was written and directed by the Duffer Brothers and has a runtime of 1 hour, 40 minutes, and 43 seconds. We pick up right where we left off at the end of The Dive. It is the night of Wednesday, March 26, 1986, and Steve is a buffet for the Demo Bats. Have no fear, though. Nancy, Robin, and Eddie all arrive in time and beat them away before running into the woods to escape the incoming flock. In a boiler room basement somewhere, Agent Wallace gives in and tells Sullivan where to find Elle, only asking that he doesn't kill her. Speaking of Elle, she's in the Nina Project bunker and not doing too well. She can't even crush a Coke can, and Brenner tells her she's regressing. He decides to show her the HNL massacre as one last hope. The Hawkins kids, back safely at the Wheelers, are being questioned by Chief Powell. He decides to interrogate them individually, starting with Max. While that's going on, Dustin, Lucas, and Erica talk about who Vecna is, what's going on, and what gross thing was under Lucas's bed. Back in the Upside Down, the gang decide to head back to Nancy's house to get her guns, but when they get there, they discover the Upside Down is frozen in time on the day Will first disappeared back in 1983. Over in Russia, Murray, posing as Yuri, arrives at the prison with Joyce and Yuri. They're led in to meet with the warden, while at the same time, Hopper, Enzo, and the prisoners ready for the demo fight. While Chief Powell continues to question Max, Dustin, Lucas, and Erica use Holly's light bright to get through to Robin, Steve, Nancy, and Eddie and explain that they can come back into the right side up by going through any of the gates. They escape with Max and all agree to meet at Eddie's trailer. Meanwhile, back at prison, the Demogorgon is let out, forcing Murray to take the warden to the control room at gunpoint. Hopper and Enzo are the sole survivors, and Joyce opens the barricade door just in time. They're saved, and Joyce gives her man a hug. Back in the lab, Elle remembers when Brenner shocked two for being a jerky McJerk face, and how the friendly orderly warned her and helped her escape. She has a memory of pulling the tracker out of the orderly's neck, only to have him kill some army men. He reveals to her that he is one, and proceeds to orchestrate, you know, the massacre at Hawkins' lab. Just then, our heroes all gather at the trailer, and just as Nancy tries to repel back across, Vecna grabs her, reminds her what a terrible friend she was to Barb, and then proceeds to tell her the whole story about he, Henry Creel, used to crush rabbits, make friends with spiders, kill his mom and sister, and frame his dad for murder. He's also telling all of this to Elle, who decides he's a bad guy. Just as he tries to Vecnify her, she Vecnifies him, and sends him into the great unknown. The end of chapter seven. I think this is the first chapter that I watched where I could tell that this was such a bigger scope. Like it's just with the the production. And I don't know why, because I mean, I know obviously that a lot went into every episode, but this episode, I remember thinking, this seems so much bigger yeah. than what we, where we started in season one. Yeah, it would have been funny to go back and watch like season one, episode one right after this and, and compare. I just did. You know? I just did. So yeah. I watched, I'm, call me a psycho, but I'm starting the season over because I don't know for what, I, I don't know for so starting, the, of starting the whole series over or just the season. Yes. No, sorry. Starting the whole series over and call me whatever, but. And I don't know for lack of a better term, but watching them as they, as they're older, it kind of makes me feel a little homesick. I don't know why. I don't know if that's like the right term. It just no, yeah. it kind of like makes me a little bit sad that they're getting older. So I just started it over, but yeah, yes, but yeah the production a- values. I remember we talked about how they had one part-time guy mm-hmm. in the visual effects department and then, then they had enough to fill the whole room. Yeah. The end of, yeah. So, but before we get into it, are you ready for your homework? You're late again. I had to get catch up homework. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. You're not? Because it's they're kind of hard this week. I know. There's like an hour and 40 minutes of stuff to get yeah. there. I watched, it, I watched it like three times, but who knows? Yeah. Okay. All right. Number one. How many bats are attacking Steve in the very first shot? I think it's 
Well, it's at least three, because I think there's one on each side of his stomach and one wrapped around his neck. So I think three, but it probably four. four. Probably another one in there somewhere. There was one at his at the bottom of his leg, like uh, kind of pulling on his jeans, I think. So number two, what is Dustin's excuse for being at the lake at 9 p.m.? Just going, going for a little swim at night. He just nailed that delivery. It was, it was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number three. What's the first chess piece that Eleven moves that's not a pawn in her chess game with the friendly orderly? Yeah, it's the one, it's closest to the camera and she kind of bumps it out and and takes his piece. And I think it was a knight when I looked at it. It was a rook. It was a rook, dang it. It was a rook. It was sitting in the very, very corner. Okay, number four from left to right, what order is the upside down group in on their bikes? The upside down group. Okay, when so riding on their bikes. Well, this is weird because it flips over. So I gotta, okay, let me. So I think it's Robin, Nancy, Steve, Eddie from left to right. No, you're way off. Is that backwards? Nancy, Steve, Robin, Eddie. <sighs> I knew Eddie was on the far right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poo. Okay. Uh, okay. Final question. I got the four uh, names right, so that was good. You did. Yeah. Yes. All right, we'll give you. We'll give you a bonus point for that. Okay. Number five. How many men go up against the Demogorgon in the Russian prison? Oh man, I I didn't count, but I'm going to guess like nine or ten or somewhere in that neighborhood. Let's let let's say eleven. No, it was eight. See, everything's 11. So I'm like, if I had said eight, yeah. you would have said, no, it was 11. Everything's 11. Yeah. Right. No, it was eight. So, all right. Better luck next week, my okay. friend. Okay. Thank you. Oh, my Lord. To be fair, we are picking out the tiniest details to quiz yes, you on. That's so. true. That's true. Okay. So we have no Cali boys in this episode. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing there. And then we have, as I mentioned in the, the recap, just the quick scene with Sullivan and Wallace. So let's let's kind of we'll start with the Russia stuff and and get that out of the way. The shot of Murray pulling up to the gate and that whole interrogation scene with the guard I thought was was really funny. Yeah. Um, there there was a lot of you know oh God is he in trouble? No he's not. Oh God is he in trouble? No he's not. So yeah. I especially like the warden saying you know you have <laughs> you don't have one screw loose you have many screws loose. Yes. Which was good. Yeah. I I was actually shocked that. And this obviously is not just this episode, but I found it kind of strange that they had Hopper escape only to be caught again in the previous episode. And it's like, why didn't they just do this part from the beginning? Oh, yeah. Like just have them, you know, not even have him escape, just have him be there when they get yeah. there. Yeah. The whole escape thing was kind of pointless. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. I mean, it didn't really do anything. It, I it mean, does, you know, adds a little bit of drama, but beyond that, yeah, it doesn't really further the story at all. So. Yeah, so I don't know. They could have left that out, in my opinion. I, I had, and this is only something that I caught like the fourth or fifth time I watched it. I thought it was kind of strange, and I think it would have been something that they could have easily done in post, and they didn't. And that is that Enzo and Hopper, you can't see their breath. It's snowing outside. You know it's cold. And I just can think you it would see have... anybody else's? Breath? No, no, um, you know, because I think mm-hmm. it was kind of shot on a most of the the that courtyard stuff was shot on a soundstage they actually built the set for that that wasn't like at the prison mm-hmm. so i think it was like inside in atlanta so they weren't really thinking about it but it, it just, i just i just noticed it so yeah i, I probably because they've been so rushed with everything towards yeah. the end. oh i'm sure the other thing i noticed was when hopper was talking to enzo and he said the last time he saw l she wanted just about nothing to do with me and the last time he saw L was when they were in the food court. At... I think he just meant that whole season with where yes, she that was could be. So but I mean, the actual with... the actual yeah. last time they saw each other. I mean, they she gave, she gave him a big hug and she was smiling and you know, so I, that just kind of as soon as he said it the very first time I saw this chapter, I'm like, what? Because yeah, I, I remembered it being in Star Court because well, then it's... he went. It's funny because did you see all the all the rigmarole this week? Because Millie Bobby Brown did some interview and she said that she kind of understood Eleven's closeness with Dr. Brenner and all oh, people were 
upset. No, I, I saw the interview where she called the Duffer brothers. Uh, sensitive Sally's. Sensitive Sally's, yeah. yeah. No, this was, she was talking about Brenner. I'll have to pull it up and send it to you and we can share it. But it was funny because all the Hopper fans were very upset that she said this. And honestly, it, Millie and Matthew, I think, are very close in real life. Like, I think that yeah. they like vacation together, even they're, you know, with their families or whatever. And, but it really rubbed Hopper fans the wrong way. They're like, all oh, he's done for her. It's like, well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's got, what is it? Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, that, that too. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she did raise him till she was 12. Did yeah, raise, he raised he did raise her till she was 12. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean he was literally she said that she said that there's a bond there because Dr. Brenner literally was the first person to hold her as a baby. And it, it's hard to recreate that love. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, oh. obviously, like, I'm a Hopper fan. Speaking but. of that, did you see uh Maya Hawk was on Jimmy Fallon the other night? And I saw it. I haven't watched the clip yet. Yeah, and Fallon was saying that when Maya was just born he went over to Ethan and Uma's house and, and held Maya as a baby. Jimmy and Fallon did? Jimmy Fallon did, yeah. He was Is he with, good friends with Ethan Hawke? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He didn't say how he happened to be over at their house or, or whatever, but uh, he said he remembered holding Maya as a baby, like just born baby. Gosh, that's so wild. That was, that was kind to of funny. To think that, because I think of Jimmy, I mean, I know he's been around for a long time, but I think of him as a fairly new talk show host. Right, yeah. Well, he right? said he was in his 20s, so it probably would have been like in his SNL days. I mean, they could yeah. have been neighbors. They could have known each other. I mean, yeah, but, but. yeah. Huh. Interesting. So I really like the, um, I don't know why I singled this out, but the set decoration in the prison control room when Marie takes them all in and you got like the little control panel and the, there's stuff on the walls. I just thought it was, just thought it was really good set decoration. And I don't know why yeah. it jumped out at me. And then <laughs> the Atkroyd Viri. I will know for the rest of my life how to say or open the doors in Russian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get to some of my favorite closed captions, including Demogorgon feeding wetly, which, <laughs> which I just love. So I know you found an article, but I found, um, oh, you actually showed me the, um, the TikTok of the, of the spoof. Oh, guy. yes. I love oh. that guy on TikTok. And we can share it because it's hilarious. Like he's pretending to be, that's the one you're talking about, right? Where he's pretending yeah. to be the subtitle yeah. guy and all the different stuff that he comes up with. Yeah. So we'll post a link to that, but then you found another article. I did. I found it was from Vulture and they interviewed two of the subtitle people. And one of them did not want his full name revealed for whatever reason, but Jeff, it's Jeff T. But they were talking about how so many fans and just everyone on the internet has made memes out of the subtitles because they are really gross this yeah. season but the interviewer asked i know you're chronically online have either of you seen a meme or screenshot that you've been loving jeff said honestly tentacles undulating moistly which i can't even say that without <laughs> i've seen a lot i will admit i was trolling a little bit with that and then i found this really interesting also, in the past year or two, I've been watching ASMR streams to figure out which words elicit that kind of response in people. So I'll grab them and put them in my word bank. Moistly pops up a lot in those ASMR streams, which sure. now we know why I can't, I cannot stand the ASMR stuff. Oh, I can't either. Yeah. I, I can I, do visually. I, yeah, I can I do it. There's I don't get I it. Like, yeah. But the, the people that are whispering it literally makes yeah like, i don't i do not understand how that's a how that's a positive thing for anybody i don't get because it, it somehow some people it, in my yeah. sister-in-law's like this like it creates like a tingle in their oh, brain I, I understand that it that is what happens but i don't get it at all oh no i it's, would rather die than yeah, listen to someone eat cereal yeah <laughs> <laughs> or even whisper and, i mean just like oh whispering it just yeah. it's grating and, and like it makes little like, tongue and click clicky tongue kind of stuff oh the mouth like, sounds yeah yeah hate it i yeah. hate it or they're like rubbing the microphone with their finger right <gasps> yeah yeah no no don't like it so anyway yeah. moving on yeah sorry um, the duffer brothers did a really neat it was about a five minute video talking about the demo fight what they called the demo fight 
lots of really fun stuff in there, kind of Easter eggy kind of stuff. But they talk about how they visualized it, how they shot it, how they, you know, post-produced it and all that kind of stuff. So we'll post a link to that too. That was kind of interesting. And then we get the Jopper reunion, which was so super sweet. It was. I loved it. I was actually shocked they didn't kiss here. Yeah. I was waiting for it. And, but it, it was so sweet and they both just look so happy to finally have found one another again. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, I mean, I guess the payoff's great, but why did they keep them apart so long? Yeah. I, you could have told me that they were going to get together in season two. I remember being kind of disappointed that, that she had Bob, I, even though I ended up loving. Yeah. Bob. Well, I, I mean, I remember the talk outside the snowball mm-hmm. too. And that was kind of like kind of planting the seed too, which was, yeah. and, and here we are finally (laughs) however of many episodes five years later so let's go to the right side up hawkins people so dustin lucas you know those guys you mentioned the night swim i had that written down i also wrote down ted's let's give these kids a little jail time see if that (laughs) ted settle down ted every week it's like here's a great ted line and you're like let's just settle down ted (laughs) simmer down simmer down now simmer down now yeah uh, and, what's under Lucas's bed? Yeah, all we know is um, I also had Dustin's line about being colored by the law, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> so all we know is that on a gross scale of one to ten, it's at a hundred. So I was going to ask you if you had any idea, but well, I mean, my first thought is you know nudie mags, you know from yeah. that's yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. But but I don't know if I would call that especially in the eighties. I mean, I feel like you couldn't get like the super weird stuff that people get into nowadays, but I wouldn't label that gross at level hundred. I'm like, is he keeping jars of pee under there? Cause he's too lazy to go to the bathroom. That would would work. Yeah. I mean, I I don't even think it's like, it's not like a a slice of pizza that he forgot, you know, cause he didn't be, you know, it's something. I feel like they wrote that in there and they thought, this is going to drive people mad. They kept it in and they're like, we're never going to tell them. We'll never know. Yep. (laughs) And I, I lay awake at night thinking about it. Yeah. I was, I was curious. I didn't know if you had any thoughts because the, the the most I could come up with was something pornographic, but I don't know if Erica would call that gross necessarily. You know, I mean, maybe she is just a like 11 year old, 12 year old. No. What is she? She's 11. Yeah. 11, 12, somewhere there. Yeah. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I remember when my friends watched it, they were all texting me. Like, yeah. what is under Lucas? <laughs> what is so gross? Yeah. Like, Dude, I don't know. They never tell you. I don't know. <laughs> so they get the, they have their whole discussion about who Vecna is and where he came from and the whole five-star general bit, which we've, we've talked about before. And that also gets mm-hmm. resolved later on. So then we get them uh, trading Skittles for an hour of light bright time <laughs> with Holly. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, light brights, they're they only keep you entertained for about 20 minutes. Yeah. As a kid. There's yeah. not and unless you had patterns to go with in they I think they came with a few. Yeah, the templates. But, yeah. But once you ran out of those, you were stuck just using blank, like black construction paper. Yeah. Make, make like, a, making a lot gonna of try, rainbows. Yeah. Gonna try to do this, see what happens. Yeah, rainbows, maybe yes. a cloud. Yeah. Sun. <laughs> I'm not sure what Callahan was on in this episode, but he was just a weirdo and, a, and Callahan? he was just, a, well, the whole bit where he walks up, well, a, he refers to them as, as, you know, little brats, you know, to their parents, which I thought was, yeah. <laughs> and then that whole thing where he goes upstairs and goes, okay, kids. And then he kind of, kind of finger taps on the door and like, yeah. it's just a little weirdo. I don't know. No, I like him. <laughs> I think he's funny. I like him. I mean, I like Officer Pell, but Callahan is because he makes me laugh. He's oh, I like, like him too. I think he's a great character. I liked um, in the first scene when they decide to split everybody up, and he looks looks over his glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's yeah. walking out of the room, and, he's, and at the end, he's like, "She's scary." Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Max. Yep. So then he finds them running away, and Erica slashes the tire, which I thought was great because she did the. I almost I, I had written down at first, why don't they just go after her? You know, because there were a bunch of other cars there. And then I realized that they were in the driveway. She slashed the tires on the car that was furthest out. So none of the other cars could get out. So I thought that was very clever. Whose car was furthest out? It was a cop car. I don't know if it was Callahan's or Powell's, but it was the parents' cars and then two cop cars. And she slashed the tires on the last cop car. So it blocked them all in. So 
Okay, so let's go into the upside down. We talked about Steve getting bitten by four demo bats. There might have um, been more. I just meant the first shot. Yeah. I noticed that he actually bit one of the demo bats, and that comes up later yes. when Eddie's talking about the Aussie. It was a very Aussie move. That seems gross, too. And then and- Eddie actually, did you notice, broke his oar? Yes. <laughs> hitting one. Uh, which may, which turns it into like a spear because he stabbed mm-hmm. one right after that. So I found it interesting that Steve was talking about his pound of, pound of flesh, which comes from Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. So apparently he paid attention in at least one class or, you know, just knows the oh, term yeah. pound of flesh from somewhere. I feel like he probably just knows the term. I don't yeah. think he listened. We, um, we learned Robin's two biggest fears are rabies and earthquakes. Interesting. Rabies. It Inter- reminds me of me. It's like something I would be afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the sweet little scene with Nancy and Steve and, and her bandaging him up and then Eddie giving him the vest for modesty, which I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Nancy uh, then talks about going back to get the guns and talking about how she almost shot Steve, which refers back to episode eight in season one, which was when Jonathan and Nancy were setting the, setting the bear trap and Steve comes in and, and she's like, Steve, you need to get out of here, you know, and kind of counts down. Mm-hmm. So that's what that was referring to. And then... Eddie talks about the Aussie move. And so this was January 20, January 20th of 1982 at a concert in Des Moines, Iowa. Somebody threw a real bat up on stage. It was not sure if it was dead or, or comatose or something, but it was a live bat. And he thinking it was a rubber or plastic bat bit the head off of it and has blood running all down his face. So that was kind of like the, you know, the iconic Ozzy. That's when you, I first heard of Ozzy. He was like this freaky guy that bit, a, bit the head off of that in 1982. So that's all I remember of him when I was little. Yep. We get to, they actually get to the Wheeler's house and Nancy goes up in her bedroom. I got such a kick out of the flashback when she saw the, the study cards and there was mm-hmm. a quick shot of her and Steve on the bed studying and Steve's hair. Oh yeah. Oh my Lord. I had forgotten. <laughs> it's actually because I just watched these episodes. It's actually not as big as it gets in the season right there. It's very, are you talking about how it's just like, there's a perfect part and well, it, it looked oh. just kind of normal in that, fr- in that first scene when she, when oh, he yeah, was studying with her. yeah. For the first couple episodes, it's actually pretty, it just continued to grow over the seasons. Yeah. Caught one little error when she picked up the Pluto stuffy and she said, I gave you away two years ago to cousin Joanna, but in the dear Billy episode, when they're in the room and Robin sees the Tom Cruise poster and freaks out, mm-hmm. Nancy opens the closet and the Pluto stuffy is on the floor at her feet. So a little bit of a goof there. Uh, and then we find out the upside down is frozen on the night that will disappeared. So, or then- on the night that 11 escaped. Or the night that Eleven escaped, or the night that the Demogorgon escaped, or the night that that lovely lab scientist died in the elevator. However you want to, yeah. However you want to look at it. So then we get them coming together. We have the chandelier bit with the SOS, and then I think what might be my favorite shot of the entire series, which was the upside down flipping into yes. the or the right side up flipping into the upside down on the four guys kind of uh-huh. mirroring the bikes riding i just love that shot i did too it was really cool really 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 neat and then we saw that the Demobat and vecna notice what's going on so that kind of gets him in motion we mentioned the captions earlier so this was the one the when they actually walk into the eddie's trailer in the upside down we get Actually, when Patrick died in, in his episode, we got Eldritch as a... Yes. Yeah, so this was Eldritch thrumming. And so I'll put a link up to this, actually. So this is a, a word that I had actually never heard before, but it's, you know, it means kind of spooky and supernaturally and kind of weird and, and, and evoking fear. So I found a link. You never heard of Eldritch before? I've never heard of Eldritch before. No. And I, and, and it was kind of weird and when I saw that, saw it in the sub, because I watched it with the captions every time I watch it and I, I, am... I noticed Eldritch thrumming and I'm like, what is, and I didn't know if that was like a proper name. If it was like somebody's name no, or something. But... I'm shocked that you don't know this. Yeah, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I believe it comes from the author who did, I cannot, his name always escapes Lovecraft. Me, Lovecraft yes. used it a lot, but it yes. was actually a word. It dated back to like the 1500s. So yeah, I have a link. Kind of, it reminds me of like tentacles and, and, yeah. and like creepy crawly things. Is that kind of what it, that's yeah, what it's just, it's it just anything that's kind of spooky and supernatural, but in the like sense, cosmic, 
in the sense that it evokes fear, that there's something sinister about it. It's not just something supernatural. Gotcha. It's not like Casper the yeah. Friendly Ghost. It's, you know, Vecna, you know, essentially. Yeah, so. I, and I, it might be because I literally watch everything with subtitles and I like watch Lovecraft Country and all that. And I'm pretty, I mean, I definitely right. seen the word before. Yeah. I was shocked they used it this season, but I yeah, knew. Yeah, no, I'd never, I'd never heard it. So I learned something new. So there you go. Aww. Then Nancy tries to get through. She keeps falling. She lands in the pool with Barb. So we get that little bit and then Vecna kind of, you know, runs her through the whole thing. So we get back to that at the end of the whole L segment. So speaking of L, we start with her trying to crush the Coca-Cola Classic can. Coca-Cola Classic came out on July 10th of 1985. So that works as far as the timeline goes. And then I really enjoyed the interchange between Owens and Brenner when Owens was kind of daddy daughter time. Yeah, the whole daddy tartar time. It's like, you know, we've really scared this girl, you know, good for us. <laughs> that was, yeah. that was really good. So then Brenner talks her into going to the past one more time. And I kind of was wondering why at some point he just didn't say, you know, just hang on because you're going to you're going to make it through this because there's something you don't know that you're going to get. So just calm down. And I don't know why he just didn't show her that from the beginning. Yeah, why couldn't you know? we just start with that well i don't know if you kind of have to like build up to it or anything but at some point he could have said just hang in there trust me you know we got this you you really didn't do it but you need to watch you know so i don't know i because he's some sick sadistic bastard i guess i guess so so then we go back to the first memory which was the whole bit with two and shocking him with the collar and then she plays chess, which we mentioned. I did find it interesting and I'd never caught it like the first couple of times, but she always moved two spaces ahead and he only moved one space ahead. So he was, it's kind of maybe planting the seed that she's a little stronger than him or a little better than oh. him because she was always going two spaces. He always went one. Mm-hmm. So thought that was interesting. So then we get the flashback to the very first opening shot of volume one of season four, which was the kids in the rainbow kind of pushing the cars around the thing. And so then we go, through the whole thing there. She tricks the guard to go to the infirmary and then escapes to go down the stairs. And I actually went back and looked and it's the same stairs and the same place where Bob, it's obviously the same place because he went down in the basement too. But when Bob Newby went down to reset the locks and open the doors and everything, Mm -hmm. he goes down those stairs, he gets into the basement. And then we have that, the steam pipe jump scare. It was kind of the same thing. So it was, I thought it was kind of neat how they mirrored the two those two scenes then we have the um he's got the tracker in his neck and tells her that brenner calls it soteria which is named after the greek goddess of safety and deliverance from harm so if you're wondering where the term soteria came from it's there and then so then they kill the guards or he kills the guards and then we have the big reveal that he was number one and i remember as i saw this how you had said once when somebody was interested in writing books or, you know, canon backstories and stuff and how you had said that the Duffers said, you know, you could write about anything, but one was off limits. Mm-hmm. It was in a, it was the comics. Yes. Whoever was writing the comics, they said, you can write about any number that you want. You just have to leave one alone. But there were rumors, which it's funny because you make fun of me for all my theories and like looking into them, but there were rumors that the mind flayer was number one was a, initially a patient of dr brenner's way back in season two right right after season two ended right so yeah. it's just funny like how i mean they really did we always joke that they didn't know anything past season one when they first you know produced so, it so my question is why when when the last shot of the episode is is him in you know, the red world, upside down, mind layer, whatever you call it. And it mm-hmm. zooms in on his wrist and he has the one. Why not keep one? I know you couldn't really do it because of the whole Henry backstory, but I think that would have been just such a more powerful reveal at the end of the whole episode and the end of volume one, if it zooms in on his hand and you see the Oh, one. to because, see the heat. Because we already knew he was one at that point. So zooming in on it at the end of the episode, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we knew that. So I think it's because you hadn't put together that one was Vecna. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So we knew he was one, but I mean, obviously you figured it out as he was being transformed. Yeah. 
No, I agree. But it's just uh, how cool would it have been if we didn't know he was one at that point? Oh, yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. Henry Creel just hated that nine to five grind. That's really all it was. Yeah. (laughs) He just was so mad that people had schedules and they become a lesser faded copy of the one before eat sleep drink like how dare you like what is he i don't know what he wants people to do what do you want vecna like (laughs) what go out and kill bunnies all day i don't know i don't know like is it and i mean it's i i like how he just starts out and he's basically just giving his dissertation on black widows and he just loves them so much and he's and it makes me laugh to think that really he's sitting there telling all of this he's just ranting and raving to an eight-year-old child yeah and yeah. she's just looking at him like exactly spiders okay, are fascinating human beings cool. are the best blah 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 so like, where where did you i knew either through you or through whatever that the orderly was vecna did you know that he was also henry or was it because because in the in that once nancy goes in and we get the shot of the family the creels coming in the door back in the 50s again and then it zooms in on henry and he says like you i didn't fit in that was my holy crap moment yep me too and i was talking to friends who had who had access to you know some information about the season and they had said that there's something up we don't know what it is we don't know what the connection is but henry creel's real weird kid so we don't know how that's going to play in but i also think that and we didn't see it this season but i also feel like henry's mom virginia she has some role in all of this because if you notice when he does his story he's you know his origin story i guess his like villain origin story he talks about his dad victor and all the stuff that he did and he's basically just mad that his dad accidentally ordered the shelling that killed you know a newborn baby or whatever right but he never goes into what his mom did you don't know well but, I mean, he, he talks about how she took yeah, him to the doctor it, and, mm-hmm. and wanted to get stuff. him help yeah. but it, it was super vague and then we realized that, oh, Brenner was the doctor. Right. Who, so he knew. So I don't know if the Creels moved to Hawkins for Brenner. I don't know who searched who out. Right. And I don't know. We still don't know how Henry got his powers. Right. Was he part of Brenner's program, like Eleven's mom? Or, you know, Jamie Campbell Bauer did an interview saying that he thought he was born with him, which I just don't. I don't really buy it. Yeah. I mean, are we looking at, at his mom being like a Terry Ives kind of situation? Yeah. Or? So I don't know. And, you know, there's been, there's the theory and I hate it. It's just not true that, that Vecna or Henry could somehow be Eleven's father. Yeah. But that, that doesn't fly at all out. because they, they talked about how Brenner tried to recreate him when he was a kid and then soon others were born and that kind of thing. So. Right. That, so that's what I'm like talking about. Like they, I, like that theory is gross to me. Like, what are they doing to a 15 year old kid? You know, he would have to have been 15 or something when. Right. Was born. Yeah. And so I don't know if, if he really is like his dad's child. I don't know if Brenner is possibly his actual father and maybe Virginia was cheating on Victor. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Cause I don't know how Brenner found them. But I, think, I don't know who searched two out. I think the Duffer said we're going to get some of that in season five, though, right? We will. Oh, I'm yeah. sure we will. I'm just saying that, like, they, that there's something up with Virginia Creel. There's, right. I think that there's, she plays a much bigger part right. of the story. But sense. I say that and I'll probably be wrong. So <laughs> I no longer have any hope in any of my theories. Because it's just a story about some kids and a monster in the yep. 80s. Right. That is it. That's it. So then we get the fight scene, which I thought was really great. I like the upside down rainbows on the back wall. So it's it's up one way, but it's painted the other way. So you get kind of the contrast. So behind Jamie, the rainbows are are one way. And then because of the way it's painted, it's upside down. I've for, never noticed. Yeah. If you if you look, there's a couple shots huh. of one and eleven when they're kind of 
you know, force fighting each other and the rainbows yeah. on the wall are flipped. So one's right and side I, up and one's upside down. I do find it interesting that when when Eleven banishes Henry to this other world, there's nothing there. No. So it doesn't look like Hawkins yet. No, no. I think it's just a, a like a void, like a like a whatever alternate yeah. dimension. Right. So, yeah. So I mean, we do no idea wonder. where the upside down came from or how that came about. Yeah. Like how the it became like a mirror. How it became Hawkins, Hawkins in 1983. Yeah. 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 So maybe it just started that night. If it's, I mean, maybe it's, Will does have powers, and I'll just end up eating my words. The only other thing I had was I like the superhero landing that when when Marty, well, as both Millie and Marty, when they both come to the floor, they do like the Natasha Romanoff Black Widow pose. Oh, yes. Yes, I did uh, notice that. That's kind of cool. And then I'll include a whole bunch of links. There's all bunches of stuff that I've been saving since the start of the season about all the makeup that Jamie goes through and how they created. The oh, yeah. I have several kind of stuff, articles so. about Barry Gower and his you know yeah. i mean obviously there was a lot of game of thrones inspiration and in, in his creation I, we've got the website to all the different iterations that Beckna went to went through yeah before they decided on this one yeah we'll, we'll put a bunch of those links up so you guys can check those out so okay anything else before we get to segments and other things i don't think so i'm saving something for quotes all right so let's start with the colin moment we talked about it briefly already this week's colin moment is the light bright and the the issue that I had watching this the first time and then every time after this, within a hundred, actually within five hundred, how many holes do you think there are in a light bright where pegs can go? Within a hundred? Within a well, just take a guess at how many holes there are in a light bright. Seventy-two. One thousand seven hundred and thirty-five. It's roughly Oh, I thought you meant I had to pick within a hundred. Well, you're still way off because it's 1,700. <laughs> Maybe I would have picked way more, though. <laughs> so it's roughly like 40 by 45, essentially, but the, the rows are kind of, you know, they're kind of offset a little bit. So so the fact that Dustin, Lucas, and Max can somehow put 1,735 pegs in a light bright to make their little template so Nancy and Steve and them could talk to them mm-hmm. just seems a little bit far-fetched, but we'll oh, go with you're it. A- We'll You're go with I'm kids. fine. So, light brights. I had one as a kid. They were invented in 1967 by Marvin Glass Associates, uh, who also invented Mousetrap, Rock'em Sock'em Robots, Simon, among other things, in their little toy lab. And then they would out, you know, they would sell them actually to like toy companies like Hasbro and Mattel and stuff like that. So, and I, actually, Light Bright was nominated and was a finalist for the 2020 Toy Hall of Fame, but didn't make it in. So, there's still oh, hope that the Light why? Bright will get in there somewhere. I don't know. Who did it lose out to? It lost out to Sidewalk Chalk, Jenga, and Baby Nancy, which was the, it was launched in 1968. It was the first American doll to feature natural hair and Afrocentric features. Oh, okay. Yeah. Light Bright lost out to them, but there's always hope for the future, obviously. Mm. I actually found a link for a um, really cool... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> down tripping down memory lane commercial for light bright from the 1980s but i remember loving this thing because you would get you do have the templates you know but the thing with those is because you've you've used light brights before right you know yeah, yeah. i had a bunch yeah. yeah yeah so the colors are on the template and then as soon as you punch the peg through the hole you you don't know what color so you can only use the templates once which was always kind of strange it was a horrific choking hazard let's Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. There's no way that would have. I remember around the same time Battlestar Galactica was out in kind of in the early 80s. And I had the Viper spaceship. And when they first came out, you could shoot a little red, essentially light bright peg out of the front of the spaceship. But I remember some kid choked and died on it. So they stopped doing that. And they went back and they remade all of the Battlestar Galactica fighters. Wait to not have the red thing pop out. Well, what about Legos? Legos have teeny well, tiny uh, And And never never mind the fact that light brights are still around and they have never you know, redesigned the, the pegs. They're all still now. I think somebody hated Battlestar Galactica. I know, right? I also thought it was interesting because I went online just to see what the light brights like now these days. 
It's mm-hmm. very, it's super portable. It's about the same size. It's a little smaller, but now you can put batteries in it because the old light brights you had to plug into a wall. And well, yeah, that's always better. I like plugging stuff in. And the lights blink. There's like multiple lights in it and they can blink and all this kind of stuff. And the original light bright was just a light bulb in it and light bulb not included when you bought it. So you had to buy your own light bulb. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Right? I didn't like battery operated stuff though. I much preferred plugging something in because batteries died and my family was not good about replacing batteries. I, I understand that entirely, you know, because it, it, but you know, batteries do make it a little bit more portable, so you can take it in the car on That's a long true. trip. <laughs> I was probably one of those sad kids that just brought it along with me and was like, "But I can still kind of see the colors." Yeah, but I do remember Light Bright. It kind of it kind of brought it all back for me. I must have been probably ten or twelve when I had one. So yeah, I was gonna say because I had them for sure. I had like a several, and I, you know, you'd run out of the template and you'd be stuck with you'd just go get some plain black. Plain black construction paper. Construction paper, yeah, yeah. Or don't even use yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you had to block out the the holes. You had know, to block so. out the other light, and if you used right. any other color, it would shine through. You had to use black. Right. True. So that was my color moment. I liked it. Nowhere in the world is this week, but let's just play it anyway. What? How? Where in the world is? I just like hearing the. I just like the little jingle. So. Oh. But I will. I will give you your homework. Ooh. So, as we mentioned at the top, there were no, the Cali boys weren't in this episode. So, no Mike, no Will, no Jonathan, no Argyle. Mm -hmm. Because of that, who is now the only actor, actress to have their face be on screen in every single episode of Stranger Things? There is one person. It obviously revolves around the Lost Sister episode because you lost pretty much everybody. So, oh yeah, you need to remember somebody who was in a flashback or a brief, you know, bit in the Lost Sister episode because Elle obviously had an episode, two episodes that she wasn't in. Uh Hopper had the first episode this season he wasn't in. So there is one actor. I'll say it's an actor. It's a male actor whose face appears in every single episode. Uh, in a flashback, Dustin. It is Dustin. Yeah. So what? In, in I don't the, remember the flashback in the Lost Sister episode. She has a one little quick flashback when she's remembering her time back in Hawkins and everything, and she remembers. Oh yeah, Dustin, the bit with Dustin at the quarry yelling, "She's our friend and she's crazy." Uh, so, and then behind that, behind Dustin, you can see Mike. So Mike, yeah, and, Mike and Dustin were the only people that were in every episode and since mike wasn't in this episode now it's just just dustin so dusty bun gaten matarazzo is the only person who's appears in every single episode of stranger things so interesting how about that huh only one tire peel out and it wasn't really a tire peel out but i, I just want to play this because this was super interesting to me and i got like really into it so when murray pulls up to the guard shack mm-hmm. with joyce and yuri in the back Listen to this, listen to the sound clip real quick and just, and like pay attention to all the sounds that are going on in the background. So, I mean, this is why the show gets nominated for sound design because how many different layers of sound did you hear in that? You got the, the tires on the gravel, you got the wind blowing in the background, you got the clutch grinding, you got the brakes squealing a little bit, you got the door opening when the guard comes out. It's just crazy. And there's no even, there's not even any background music. So that could have been a whole nother layer if they had some like score music going on in the background, but I just, I just never noticed this stuff. I know. It's just, I just, I was going through when I was looking for tire peel outs and that was the only one. And I'm like, is it really a tire peel out? No, but I could hear the crunching. Oh, I can hear the yeah. clutch grind and I can hear it. So I just no, I'm kind of jealous. Like, I don't know if it's because I get so sucked into the story or what, but I'm like, I never, I never notice. Yeah. This is like fourth or fifth viewing when I start catching these things <laughs> or when I have the assignment of looking up if there were any tire peel outs in the episode, but that was the only time actually anybody was in a car in the whole episode. So, or a vehicle mm-hmm. in the whole episode. So, well, okay, let's talk movies. We should be at the mall or like watching a movie or something. The only ones I got were I got a little reminiscent of the of the Goonies with the kids on the bikes, especially Eddie being on what looked like Nancy's old oh. bike. It was like like a little girl's mm-hmm. bike. 
And then we mentioned the Black Widow pose. So that was from Iron Man 2 when Scarlett Johansson does her little superhero pose landing thing. Obviously the Empire, Darth Vader, Luke, come join me and we'll rule the world together kind of thing. Yeah. But the one, and and I don't know why this jumped out at me and I would be shocked if it was even something that they thought of at the time, but it reminded me of it. So when Joyce finally gets to Hopper and and she comes kind of, so Hopper comes out of the little cell and he turns around and or tur- the camera turns and you see Joyce and she kind of comes walking toward him. So it's full speed. The film is running full speed as Hopper comes out of the cell. And then as it pans over to Joyce, the camera slows down, the film slows down. And so she kind of runs toward him in slow motion. And then they hug mm-hmm. in slow motion and it's slow motion from then on out. Did you ever see Contact, the Jodie Foster movie? years and years ago so there's a scene in there and it's a very famous scene in the film where Jodie Foster is reminiscing uh when she was a young girl and it's a scene where she runs up the stairs in the house and has to run down the hallway to the medicine chest and the way it's shot it's just so brilliantly shot you see her you're kind of in front of her as she's coming up the stairs going upstairs and running down Mm -hmm. the hall and running into the bathroom and then she reaches up and then all of a sudden the camera has turned around and you didn't even realize it and she opens up the medicine chest it's a crazy shot i'll post a link to all of this but it really reminded me of that because she's kind of running upstairs full speed and then it kind of slows down and slows down and slows down which i thought it's just it's not really a camera trick or anything but i think it was just really cool how they did that in stranger things where it's kind of full speed and then just time kind of time kind of slows down there. Is it similar to the poltergeist scene where Joe Beth Williams is running down the hall and it all of a sudden it looks in that scene, Joe Beth Williams hears the monsters back and her kids are screaming after they thought they had saved everything. And it does this really loud like drum solo and mm-hmm. she's she's in her pajamas, which is just like a oversized jersey and just her underwear and she starts running and it's like the hallway stretches out and she's so slow going at first and then it speeds up so it's kind of oh, like yeah so backwards yeah i haven't seen poster poltergeist in ages but yeah oh that's the only thing i could think of that might yeah. be that might compare so but i'll put a link to that it's, it's kind of a neat little film shot for film geeks you might might mm-hmm. dig that so okay any little things wait did, did you see something yeah what did what did you see I do. It just, it was just Dustin on the couch during their quote unquote interrogation, how he's holding that pillow and just the way when he says, yeah, some night swimming, little night swim, all night. Swim. He just cocks yep. his head yep. to the side a little bit. Yep. And it, it, I, it's driving me crazy that I can't remember. I can't place what actor he's reminding me of, but yep. yes, that scene. I caught when in the first scene when they're fighting the demo bats in the upside down robin does a little flashlight flip when she oh, when yeah. they're running <laughs> i really loved when they're doing the light brights and they get through the first time and 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 um dustin says hi through the thing and eddie goes hi <laughs> hi eddie could do anything eddie eddie could contact, hi. yeah but it's it's such a defiant we did it it's like, yeah <laughs> yeah so cool. and oh just a little kind of background thing the when the when the three guards come out after l takes the tracker out of let's call him vecna uh and they meet the army guys in the hallway one of the army guys' name tag is thatcher t-h-a-c-h-e-r which was also the name of the thatcher tires when you asked me about the people on the list that jason was making and then i also looked it up and there was a roger thatcher in the props department so i think this is another case kind of like that guitar thing back in season three with the guitar lessons Mm-hmm. so because it's spelled weird it's you usually think of thatcher with a t in the middle but it's t-h-a-c-h-e-r so oh yeah so i did notice that robin's side eye when they're talking about when um they put the mattress down and eddie's talking about the stains and he doesn't know where the stains are from on the mattress robin has like she never moves her head it's just like complete side eye which i thought was really good <laughs> and sherry actually emailed in that she wrote that down as one of her little things too and then she also mentioned how the nina vhs tapes all had u.s government written on them that she caught so that was kind of neat yeah because if you catch it it's the pentagon there you go okay a little bit of music so this is pretty much the the philip glass episode so three different philip glass compositions the first time was the oh, freak out moment when we find out that Henry is Vecna is one. And that was the song Prophecies from Philip Glass and his movie Koyana Skatsi. 
came out in 1983, April of 1983. So yeah, again, this was the this was the the start of you know Creel's Vecna's one's kind of narrative. Then as he goes further on and he talks about how he tormented his parents and the cradle and the thing. So this is from Philip Glass's opera Akhenaten. It is from Act One, Scene Three, and it's called The Window of Appearances. And then the last bit of music was from Philip Glass was what I call the Vader Luke moment, where he's like, come join me. And she says, no, that was also from Akhenaten, but it was act two, scene two, uh, the Akhenaten and Nefertiti scene. So that does it for Philip Glass music. But I do want to mention, and this was kind of a neat thing. So... The Dixenstein, we talked earlier about the scene where in The Lost Sister, where Elle was remembering that scene from season one, episode six, when they're out at the quarry and she breaks Ooh. the breaks Troy's arm and everything. So the music in the background of that was called She'll Kill You, and it's by Dixon and Stein from the score. It's the same music that is now playing. They brought that back for the scene at the end and the climax when Vecna and or well, one and 11 are fighting. So they brought that that's soundtrack music back, which I thought was kind of- They cool. brought a couple of them back. Yeah, but I thought this was good because right? this was the when they were threatening about how strong she is and she's going to kill you. And then they bring oh, it back. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And so that's kind of cool. So, okay, let's jump into some emails. We've got a couple here to go through. Two for you, actually, on Twitter that I noticed. Haley wrote to us on Twitter. I'm glad I heard a podcast call out the Bilers for being arrogant. They need to know that if they want things different that badly, they should write their own damn show. <laughs> so you got one fan. And then the Star Court Food Court wrote in on Twitter. Thank you, Whitney, for bringing up people who are writing off the duffers because their ship didn't happen. We feel the same way as y'all about the situation. Yeah, I saw those and I purposely, it was not to be mean. I didn't like them or reply to them because I just didn't want to get a bunch of, of Byler hate because that group can be a little spicy when it comes to what they want to happen and what doesn't want to happen. And I was just a little, um, just a little irritated at all the, the writing off of the Duffers and their writing, if you guys didn't catch that episode, because it just seems like these people are mad that their theories weren't correct. It, right. it, it's like all of a sudden we don't like the Duffers because they, our theories were wrong, but they'll never right. say that their theories are wrong or they'll never say that they right. maybe saw something that was incorrect. Right. So just, no I hate. I have zero hate towards that ship. Just to make it clear, I have zero hate towards it. It, (laughs) I just thought it was fun. We should mention it. Oh, yeah. So then some emails. Actually, there was one from last week that I completely forgot to mention. Emily wrote in talking about when the guys were at Susie's house and she thought that the Duffers were making a big Peter Pan reference, which I hadn't really caught. She says, along with the obvious Skull Rock mention, little Cornelius has the face paint and the bow and arrow. Tanner and Tatum are fighting with the lost swords, kind of like the lost boys. Eden is in charge of the kids, kind of like how Wendy was when the parents weren't around. Susie's room is on the top floor. And when they arrive at the window, it's open with the curtains to the side, kind of like Peter Pan when he flies off. And then also Susie is kind of has a Peter Pan collar on her thing. So I've never even caught that, but good on you, Emily. So, okay. Emails from this episode, Sherry writes in, and that scene at the Wheeler house, of course, the cops choose the only kid without a parent to interview first, the only without a parent there. Just yeah. like the cops in California with L, but Max is a good liar. Dustin, not so much. Then she said, Robin had some good ideas in this one and kudos to her. She came up with the idea of going to get the weapons. She came up with the idea of using the bikes, which she says also led to what she called one of the best transitions of the season, which is the one I mentioned, how the camera flips over. It was also really effective when they switched to Marty, when she first confronts one in the rainbow room. And after he's killed everyone, it reminds you that she is so tiny when this happened and makes her standing up to him all the more epic. And then she also gave a little praise to the Hopper Joyce reunion and said, finally, Amy wrote in and said, after Elle's memories come in and she overpowers him, does she heal her own freaking bones? Had her bones been kind of snapped at that point and then she kind of heals them or what's the, what's the going thought there? 
I don't know. You know, I thought that too, and it comes up again later. We won't talk about it here, but I wonder, like, since when does Eleven have, you know, healing powers? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if she has the power to break someone's bones, you'd have the, she had the power to reverse it, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But Amy says that's some serious power. She asks, so you think he killed the others because he finally found someone equal for him, equal to him for them to escape and take over the world together. Do you think later on that she still escaped that night back in episode one, season one, out of fear about what one said about being controlled and a scared little child? And then she said, my husband can verify. I called the Vecna one theory pretty early. The Victor Creel story with the son and the coma thing is what gave it away for me. And then she also added, well, is there anything there we should talk about? Do you, do you think she I don't- escaped that night? she used that same route yes is that what you're asking me yeah do you think she went out that night out of fear of what one had said to her a couple years earlier i'm not sure i think that we are in you know coffee who was on the show a few episodes back she pointed it out to me we were texting and i think we're overlooking the fact how deeply embedded henry is in l's psyche because she forgot literally everything else that happened but she still remembered that route how to get out true that he showed her so i mean there's something i mean there and then like we've talked about before just the way 11 kills people is very very similar to how he does so i think that there's something there that we that's gonna scare her to learn yeah could be she also said, and then we also got an email from Matt who was asking the same thing. Do you think Brenner, when he walks in and says, what have you done, was reacting to what had happened or because he knew what had happened, was he reacting to the fact that she had let Vecna out? So was he saying, what have you done killing all these people? or What have you done letting Vecna out to do all these things? I think it's what have you done letting Vecna out? I think removing he, he call is it the soteria or just soteria so soteria yeah 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 i think removing that you know was keeping his powers in check and i think that's what brenner was referring to but i obviously they want you to think that he is talking directly to her saying like making it look like she was the one that committed the massacre right yeah no i agree too and it was something that i had never really thought about because you know it was just kind of in my head one way and then I'm like oh yeah so So thank you for all the tweets. And then thank you, Emily, Sherry, Amy, and Matt for writing all those in. Before we get to superlatives, the Emmy nominations were announced on Tuesday. We should go through these really quickly. No acting nominations for Stranger Things, but they did get 13 other nominations. I know they got for Best Dramatic Series, didn't they? Yeah, so they got Drama Series, Production Design, Casting, Special Visual Effects, and Stunt Coordination. Episode two, Vecna's Curse, which is the one when Fred dies, got uh, nominated for non-prosthetic makeup. And then Dear Billy, episode four, got nominated for editing, stunt performance, outstanding music supervision, and prosthetic makeup. So that would be for Vecna. And then this episode, Masquerade Hawkins Lab, got nominated for hairstyling, sound editing, and sound mixing. So yeah, no acting nominations. No Sadie, no David, no Millie. I cannot believe that Sadie Sink didn't get a nomination. I really can't. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of a big snub to me. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, nobody. So nobody good. They only got eight nominations for season three and there were no, not, no acting nominations there either. And then I, I, I think David and Millie got nominated for season two. And I think Millie, David, and then Shannon as, you know, best limited or guest actress or whatever, uh, Shannon Purser for season one. But yeah, oh, so no, not, no yeah. acting nominations for the past two years. So. The Emmys come out or Emmys are given out on September 12th. So we will be watching and see what happens. So, okay. Superlatives. Ooh. I had a hard time choosing my MVP this week. Mine was pretty easy. And one, two, three, we had three people write in and two of them agreed with me on mine. So, but let's do best. Let's well, do best line first and we'll get to we'll Okay. Get to best line. I actually, I had the line of Eddie where he's talking to Steve and he goes, it's his tone, right? Like how he says it about Dustin. That was right before the high. Yeah. Yeah. But then I love, it makes me, I don't, it's unintentional. It shouldn't make me laugh the way it does, but it does. When 11 looks at Henry after he does this huge, like just rambling spiel about these spiders and seven minutes long, I actually timed it. It's seven minutes long. His mom. Yeah. After that, 
she stays quiet. Little eight year old stays quiet the entire time. And then she looks at him and just goes. And it's how she says it in her face. It makes me laugh every time. It's so dismissive and it's so just no, uh, no, not today. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So that was mine. I went with the, the line that we've talked about three or four times in this episode. And that was Dustin sitting on the couch when the cops are. Oh, take a little swim. Long night swim. Sherry agrees with you and said 11's no uh, to okay. one. Okay. And then she also mentioned a couple others that she liked. Robin saying, great, more running when they're. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she said, it's technically not a line, but she loved Hopper's face when he reunited with Joyce and thought that was a great moment. And then also this little bit when Callahan, uh, when they're done with the Max interrogation. Honestly, shouldn't have gone with her first. She's like, kind of mean. Jason wrote in his superlative for best line was the bit with Eddie and Steve and the Aussie moment. Shit, you saved your own ass, man. I mean, that was a real Aussie move you pulled back there. Aussie? You took a bite out of that bat? Aussie Osborne? Black Sabbath? You, you bit a bat's head off? I don't You know? Didn't no. It's very metal. He did. That's all I'm saying. And then Ryan wrote in his was uh, in that same scene where I picked mine from with Dustin on the couch when Erica saw through what they were doing. Oh, that's a bunch of bull. Erica. Erica. I mean, you realize they're lying. The whole couch is on fire. Erica. Erica. Just the fact. Okay. Most spirited. It's getting tougher to find something each episode. Uh, I went with the, and it's a little, it's kind of a repeat, but I went with the encyclopedia set. That was oh, on the yeah. wheelers. I did see uh, that in the background. Yep. Bookshelf in the background when they're on the couch. Speaking of the background, Sherry picked the uh, Holly's Care Bear that's on the floor next to her when they come in oh, and the okay. for the light bright. Jason and Ryan actually said the light bright for theirs. And mine was Erica's line about being so confused about what was going on. She's like, please be kind, rewind. Oh, yeah. Harkening back to you know having to rewind your VHS tapes before you took them back to Blockbuster. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Most stranger thing. Uh, I just went with the massacre, you know, the murder of all the small children. Yeah. I went with the Henry reveal because that still just, it shook me when it happened. I just thought it was just crazy. Yeah. When, when the camera zooming in and they walk in the door and Henry's just standing there and it just zooms in on him. And I'm like, oh God, it's him. Yeah, yeah. that's him. Sherry wrote in, there were so many big ones, especially at the end of the episode, it was hard to choose, but I went with Steve's bat bites, complete with the wet squelch caption when Nancy was uh, binding the wounds <laughs> and she- when she was putting the bandage around him. She also had to look away at the Henry rabbit torture. Nope. She said, Oh no, no, I skipped that. I don't like how they made it make sounds like that's unnecessary. I don't need to hear that. Jason wrote in the whole Vecna Nancy bit when Nancy was in the house. So I think we're kind of all in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Ryan wrote in all of one's uh, facial expressions when he kind of starts getting. That's really not bad. That's, that's really good because it is, uh, it is so Henry needs some chapstick by the time we get to his, to his little speech with 11 because I cannot stop staring at his like cracked and crusty lips as he's talking. <laughs> I'm like, what, what happened? You, they were just moisturized a minute ago and I can't, ooh, all that, it's all that, all that Vecna makeup kind of takes its toll. I think probably it right? must, yeah. it must. Okay. MVP me and Sherry and Ryan all said Jamie Campbell Bauer. I knew his it. Performance. Ryan said for on the character side, he picked Eddie and then Jason picked L uh, for his MVP. So wrap it up and tell me yours. So, okay. So I think of MVP as like the, the one who's doing the most or the, like the best for the, the right. story. Yeah. Cause I pick I it as kind of best. I pick it as best. actor. Yeah, best so performance. I yeah. was almost going to pick, you know, friendly orderly, you know, it, Henry, adult Henry. Yeah. I was like, that seems kind of weird to pick him, but he really did the most amazing job. So my other choice was Nancy because she's the one that always, I feel like she solves the problems this time, but I really want to go with adult Henry. Yeah. I thought actually, I thought maybe you go with Robin because like Sherry. Robin was third. Yeah. She was the one that would suggested getting the guns Mm -hmm. and getting the bikes. So yeah. Yeah. Robin was third. So. All right. That does it. That does it for this week. We only have two more episodes left. 
and then we go into a deep dark hole of depression as we wait for season five but in the meantime if you have any superlatives that you want to send us or you want to email us your thoughts about the show if you're a biler and you want to yell at me feel free <laughs> you can email us at scoops at gmail.com or you can follow us on social media we are at scoops pod on twitter and facebook that's where we post all our links to all the stuff we discuss in each episode if you enjoy the podcast we would love it love it love it if you leave us a review and subscribe and tell your friends about it so they can hear us too so i want to thank everybody for listening and i hope you tune in next time thanks guys bye bye Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.